The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Rainmaker FM. And welcome back to The Writer Files. Once again, I am still your host, Kelton Reed, here to take you on another tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of renowned writers. The hyper-prolific number one New York Times bestselling author, Greg Isles, took a few minutes to chat with me this week about the conclusion to his epic trilogy, his unique writing process, and making the move to television. At 16 novels and counting, all but one of which have hit bestsellers lists, Greg has been called the William Faulkner for the Breaking Bad generation, and his books have been adapted for film, translated into over 20 languages, and published in more than 35 countries. His epic Natchez Burning Trilogy clocks in at close to 750,000 words and started out as a single novel that he expanded after a near-death experience, a car crash that left him in a coma, which ultimately changed his mind about how he wanted to write it. His final installment in the series, Mississippi Blood, concludes the story of Southern lawyer Penn Cage, also the protagonist of six of his books, including New York Times' number one bestseller, The Devil's Punch Bowl. Isle's epic tale of love, honor, hatred, and revenge explores how the sins of the past continue to haunt the present. And Stephen King described the series as extraordinarily entertaining and fiendishly suspenseful. In part one of this file, Greg and I discuss why the author decided to take a break from rock and roll to start writing novels, the importance of finding your unique writing voice, how Greg tries to go as long as possible without writing a word, on the author's frenetic writing sprints and impressive word counts, and why writers need to not overthink the process. 
The Writer Files is brought to you by the all-new Studio Press Sites, a turnkey solution that combines the ease of an all-in-one website builder with the flexible power of WordPress. It's perfect for authors, bloggers, podcasters, and affiliate marketers, as well as those selling physical products, digital downloads, and membership programs. If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why over 200,000 website owners trust StudioPress. Go to rainmaker.fm slash studiopress now. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. And if you're a fan of the writer files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. And we are rolling once again on the Writer Files podcast with a uh, an esteemed guest today and a, a very busy guest, I would imagine. Um, hyper prolific, multi-genre, New York Times bestselling author of looks like 16 novels now and counting, uh, I would assume. But we have Greg Isles on the show today. Thanks for uh, popping on here to talk to us about your your writing process. Thanks, Kelton. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is an exciting time for you with your the most recent uh, publishing of book three of this amazing trilogy, that the Natchez Burning Trilogy, uh, has recently been published uh, as of uh, the date that this will go live. So uh, congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah, and you are just going crazy. You're you're kind of on a uh, a press tour, press uh, um, junket, and getting out there and, and meeting folks, and that must be fun for you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that was sarcastic. <laughs> uh, you know, it's fun when you actually get to the place where you're hanging with readers. But I mean, it's a yeah. lot of uh, it's a lot of work getting from town to town, doing two cities a day. Yeah. Well, it looks like you you are um, on the road and got a lot of different dates lined up. So I'm sure that's great great for your your fans and, and readers um, to get out there, connect with you. I'll post a link to that, all those cool. tour dates, and and uh, so that folks can and listeners can hook up with you. So, I mean, to say that this epic trilogy, the epic quote in quotes there is uh pretty amazing because it's it's i mean you said something to the effect of like three quarters of a million words all told and i'm looking at these books they're sitting here on my desk they're not thin tomes greg you put in a a lot of time and energy into this you know it started out to be one book now that's three books at roughly 800 pages a piece the third one's 700 pages but The, the funny thing about it is the first two books, I kid you not, happen over about a seven-day span, yeah. and that's 1,600 pages. Now, there are flashbacks to the 1960s, but still, it's, it's, uh, it's told in a very granular way, you know, second by second, really. Yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? 
Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, as you conclude, I'm sure you're breathing a sigh of relief um, getting that out there to the world. And you've been called the William Faulkner for the Breaking Bad Generation, which is a pretty neat um, <laughs> tag there. And, uh, you know, I mean, Stephen King said of the uh, of the original uh, or the first uh, installment there that it was an extraordinarily entertaining, fiendishly suspenseful uh, series. So um, congrats on, on kind of wrapping that up. But, you know, I want to get into kind of your process. And, and you know, I, I understand that you kind of write in sprints and, and you've always been, I mean, hyper prolific is uh, a pretty a pretty apt uh, term, I, I think. But, you know, if we, if we could dig into your productivity a little bit and kind of talk about that, um, maybe, I guess, first for listeners who kind of aren't familiar with your journey just as a writer, um, how did you how did you go from being kind of like a um, a young a young rock and roller to a, a number one New York Times bestselling author to an old rock and roller, that's <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's uh, I can, I'll try to condense it there. Really, first, I'm of the school. I'm firmly convinced writing is something you're just born to do. I think you can make people better writers by teaching, but but inherently, storytelling is just something. I think most people have it by the time they're six or seven years old. You know, it wasn't something I particularly wanted to do. It was just something I could do. I liked music a lot better. Music is a lot more fun, honestly. And after college, I played music till I was about 29. But the first year I was married, I I was on tour for 50 weeks out of 52 playing music. And that was just getting old, you know, and I realized kind of realized at a certain point I was never going to be staying, you know, I could make a living, but I wasn't going to be the best in the world. (laughs) So at that point it was either, you know, do something else in the arts or get a real job, which I wasn't about to do. So that was when I turned to what I had just always known I could do. People frequently in my first book was really a huge book in terms of size. It was about 240,000 words and it, it did become a bestseller. But the funny thing is people would say, what was the last thing you wrote before that? And I'd say my college term paper 10 years ago, which was <laughs> true. You know, yeah. I just, I've turned to something that, that I knew I could do. And, um, the thing I always say is this, Kellen writing, man, command of the English language is nothing but a hammer and nails. It's just a bag of tools, man. That's not what writing is. Writing is having a voice and, and command of, you know, narrative and time and, these intangible things. And that's the thing that gets sort of baked in when you're young, I think. Now, now yeah. you steer where you want to go from that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting to read about kind of this, this story you tell about kind of shutting yourself in your apartment with library books and just decide, it's like you decided to be a writer. Did you have that aha moment like right then when, when the words started to hit the page or was did it take a little bit longer to kind of set in that this was going to be like a lifelong journey for you? About, about five years earlier, I had uh, I got one of the first desktop computers that was available to buy. It was an IBM clone. And I mean, 83, I think it was a 10 megabyte hard drive. But anyway, <laughs> it had a very early word, ver- the earliest, the very first version of WordPerfect, which is a pretty much moribund software program now. Anyway, I sat down with that, I remember, and I wrote two paragraphs just out of the blue of what 
six years later would become that novel and bestseller. So it's like it was just, I didn't just decide to be a writer one day. It's just like I said, I just decided one day, I, I mean, I knew I could write. So I just decided, well, the question is, can I, can I really pull off a book at the level where people will pay me to do it? That's all it really was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that, um, You've got this uh, great website where uh, listeners can find all of your books. Uh, obviously, they're not hard to find out there because since the publishing of Spandau Phoenix, um, I think uh, most of your books have been bestsellers. Um, so, all, uh, <laughs> all the, and the one that's not is actually the best one. There's your typical publishing irony, right? There. <laughs> well, I have definitely been a fan since uh the footprints of god and uh <laughs> one one of the uh definitely um different genres that you that you write in there um you've done so many different things so what are you working on now what could you possibly have up your sleeve man i'm doing i'm doing a couple of things although footprints of god uh that brings up an interesting thing if you want to know how hectic and crazy this business gets Back when Footprints of God came out, that was something that broke the, that was so out of the box for me. The publisher didn't really want to do it after it was done. But I I eventually won that battle. And what's funny, back then, a guy who was friends with or working with Dave Matthews, the the rock star, whatever, contacted me about making that into a film. And I was excited about it. But my life was literally so hectic. I didn't call back. And I didn't even remember for, till like three years passed. Oh, that's how that's how crazy things get when you <laughs> sort of get on this book a year commercial thing. You know, yeah. it's just uh, nuts. Now, as far as what I'm doing now, I'm um, my next book is going to be a about a third as long as these books. It's set in Oxford, Mississippi, at Ole Miss. It's sort of a film noir put to paper. It's going to be fun. It has sort of a literary side to it. And I've also gotten some opportunities to do some TV writing, and I'm exploring that right now because, you know, the new dramatic extended cable series are just where it's at, man. That is, that's so much better than feature film, and it offers so much potential for story that you just can't resist it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool to hear. Um, you know, when you look at stuff um, that guys like, uh, uh, Elmore Leonard, um, did, uh, with, uh, justified, I think, um, those are, those are cool to see. And then of course there's so much happening in that space right now for writers. Um, you know, they need, they need great writers like yourself to, to put, um, words on the, on the page for those actors for sure. So, uh, we'll be interested to see how that goes for you. Um, when you, you know, before you kind of sit down to get going on a, on a new piece, I mean, it seems like you're just doing an enormous amount of research. Um, do you, are you, are you kind of processing, interviewing, researching for weeks on end before you get into something, years on end before you kind of synthesize everything onto the page or? It depends on what you're doing. You know, a lot of guys who do this for a living essentially rewrite the same book every time. I, so that makes it easier. I've never done that. I've jumped from genre to genre to genre. So certain things I've done were enormously research intensive. And but my little the lesson I learned there the hard way is throw away 99 percent of what you learn. Never include anything because it's just so cool. You have to put it in. Number one. 
But once you start writing about what you know and following that ancient dictum, right, what you know, mm-hmm. obviously a lot of what you need to know has been distilled into you over years and decades. But also the thing I want people to understand is writing is a much more passive thing than people think it is. And that goes back to what I said about the actual writing words to a page is like a bag of tools. The real work is done passively in your mind, deep in you when you're doing other things. And I try to go as much of the year as I can without writing anything. And the story's working itself out. I think of a story as sort of Jungian potentials of these different characters, protagonists, antagonists, shapeshifters, shadow characters, whatever. I don't think of them that way, but that's what they are. Mm-hmm. And it's working itself out. And then one day it's like you're a pregnant woman and your water breaks and I haul butt to get to my ease reclining chair with the hospital table over it. And I start, I start working in bouts of 12, 16, 24 hours. And in the last third of the book, I've worked bouts of 36 hours straight. Wow. Good day for me is like 30 pages. Bad day for me is like 10 pages. So I have a very frenetic, intense, immersive way of working. And for me, especially if you're going to write something that's supposed to be a thriller, at least loosely a thriller, the fact that you're living it real time, just boom, 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 boom on the page rather than calculatedly writing three, four pages a day and overthinking everything. To me, that's the way you get that intensity down on the page. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have a very interesting process and that kind of illumination phase obviously is, is you know, kind of when you're sitting there and, and getting, you know, getting all that stuff out of yourself. And there's, there, there's, you know, there are such cinematic qualities to your writing. Do you, do you feel like, uh, listening to music kind of assists that process or are you someone who needs to sit kind of in silence and, and get it all onto the page? Well, I tell you what, I used to listen to music. Like I had playlists and I know some writers who do that. Some writers, the writer, uh, John Connolly, he actually released a CD of the stuff he listened to while he wrote a certain book. Mm-hmm. But I got over that and I've reached the point where now I have this cool setup with multiple screens and to the left of my main screen is like a TV screen, movie screen, whatever. So I actually play movies while I'm writing sometimes. Like when I was writing the devil's punch bowl, I watched Michael Clayton probably 436 times in a row. (laughs) And it just sort of plays in the background. I'm not really processing it, but something like that, or that's not the ideal background, what I call background movie, but Things that have really well-written, tightly written scripts that are mood pieces can sort of just wash over you without you having to engage. And my eyes really stay on the screen and I do my writing, but I don't know, man. You, that What you're trying to do is not overthink the process. If you sit there in dead silence and stare at every word, think of how long you're going to ask yourself, oh, is that right? Is that not quite right? Is that, should it be this? You can't do that. You got to get in the zone. It's like athlete, really, getting in a peak state. And then once you get in that, the only thing that'll really intrude on you is like super sudden noises or you know calls of nature or whatever. That's it, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That flow state, uh, 
seems pretty important to your process and to a lot of writers, I'm sure. But getting those uh, sprints where you're where you've said you get you know five thousand, ten thousand words, um, that's pretty impressive stuff. Thanks so much for joining me for this half of a tour through the writer's process. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on iTunes to help other writers find us. For more episodes or to just leave a comment or a question, you can drop by writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. Bye.